what happens when you have a client like me? Like, <laughs> do whatever you want. That's the best type of client. Oh, really? Okay, because I like I don't care. I'm like, do whatever you want. No, we have an amazing client in New Canaan who's like the sweetest, and she was like, "This is what I like." Go crazy! Oh my, that's literally me. We just did it, and it was am- it's like the easiest project ever. That's so cool. It was so fun. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In House. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of In House with me, Ariel Charnas. Today, it's almost a twin day as I'm welcoming a fellow Ariel to the podcast. Ariel Oaken is the founder of her firm, Ariel Oaken Interiors a New York-based full-service interior design firm specializing in luxury residential, commercial, and hospitality projects across the country. Ariel's signature style can be interpreted as traditional with a twist. Warm, livable, and elegant spaces with an edited, contemporary, and practical approach. After studying journalism and helping friends with their own apartments, Ariel realized her passion could become her career. And in just two years' time, Oaken became one of only a handful of premier designers across the country. And while not designing, Arielle lives in Westchester, New York with her husband, two daughters, and dog, Charlie. Welcome to the podcast. I'm actually so excited. I mean, I have questions written down, but I want to know so much about your business and you because your work is amazing. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like I've been following you forever. No way. Because I'm, well, I'm friends with Cole. Oh my God. That's so funny. How do you know Cole? Through like college and friends and... So I've known Cole forever. What a small world. And I've known you, like I've been following your journey forever. And I'm like, it's amazing what you've done and how much you've built and how much you've grown. It's so cool. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. That's so funny. I didn't know that you knew Cole. Yeah. Well, I actually, so, I mean, I'll probably get into this later on because I have it like the questions out by category, but being an interior decorator is a very hard job. And I give you guys so much credit. Yes. <laughs> it's like so stressful. Especially now. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that could go wrong and delays and shipping problems. And like just COVID really threw a wrench in the logistics. Yeah. I can't even imagine. So why don't we start off by telling us a little bit about you, like where you grew up and where you went to school? Did you study? interior design? Like, how did this all start? So I grew up outside of Philadelphia on the main line. And I went to GW. I went to GW for journalism. And I had no interest in becoming an interior designer whatsoever. Right. Like, it didn't even, like, cross my mind that that could be a profession. When I started interning, I did editorial at Teen Vogue, like, all these different internships to kind of figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And I ended up doing an internship at MTV in the public affairs department. And I loved it. That's so interesting. And I loved it so much. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I ended up going to grad school for public affairs. Oh, my God. I got my master's in strategic communication with like a track in public affairs. I graduated grad school. I got a job at Edelman and I was absolutely miserable. My mom was like, I've never seen you so unhappy. Like, it was, like, so not the right fit for me. Right. And in my spare time, I was always, like, on Pinterest or, like, reading home magazines or, like, that was what I did for fun 
to relax. It wasn't what I, like, I never was like, oh, I could do this for a job. Like, it didn't, it didn't even occur to me that that was a possibility. Right. During my day job, I would spend all this time that I shouldn't have been spending looking <laughs> at Pinterest and looking at interior design websites and looking at all of these things. And one of my best friend's moms actually was like, have you heard of this company called Home Polish? you would be a really good fit to do this on the side because my friends had been coming to me and asking me to help them with like, oh, I just moved in with my boyfriend. Like, can I, can you help me edit? Like everyone was like, right. come over and be like, oh, I love the way your apartment looks. Can you help me with X, Y, and Z? Right. Was it scary to switch, like to take that leap? So I didn't leap right away. I kept my day job Okay. for... Two years, two and a half years. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. So I worked full time. I had left Edelman. I was working in education, doing public affairs and communications, but in education. And I was doing this on the side and I had home polish clients that didn't know that I had a day job. So I would like meet them at like four o'clock in the afternoon once I was done with my day job because I was at a school. So I could leave at like four or five and I would go meet them. No one knew that that wasn't my full-time job. That is so crazy. So you didn't have a life outside of that, I'm sure. No, I didn't have a life. No, and I was planning my wedding at the same time. Oh, my God. Before I started Home Polish, I I made a little... I shot my apartment. Mm -hmm. And that's the advice I always give to designers who are starting out. Like, shoot your apartment if you have no material because you can start a website with that. With that, yeah. And so I did that, and I started a Squarespace, and I sent a BCC email out to like everyone I knew. And I was like, hey, I'm doing this on the side. If anybody needs help, like, let me know. And I got projects through that. Then I shot those and that was how I got home polish. That is so crazy. Yeah. It was like a really crazy random turn of events that like landed me where I am. But it makes sense. Like I always. Was your passion. Yeah. I loved it. It was like something that I would do to relax. It was not something I thought I could do It's a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the that's always the best though. Yeah. Well, then it like your work feels fun. Like not and work. It doesn't. Yeah. Yes. Like I like can't believe I get to do what I do every day. Like I feel so lucky to be able to do it. That's the best feeling. What is it about interior design that you find like the most fun and interesting, or just being a des- like a designer? Top level, I think the fact that I get to create. The it's, I, I think of it as like the movie sets that like yeah. our clients live their lives in. Like the fact that like the children of our clients, their childhood memories are going to be in spaces that I created is like the coolest thing to me. I think it's really special. I still remember my room as a child. It's like my favorite. Me too. Memory. Yeah. Like I, I have the most distinct and sharp memories of the house I grew up in. I think everybody does. And so that to me is really cool. That is really cool. And then on the creative level, I was always interested in fashion. And I feel like interiors is just a different kind of diffusion of that creativity. Yep. So mixing patterns and colors and and building out schemes to me is really fun. And then I love floor planning because it feels like a jigsaw puzzle. It's so I like I know how you just compared it to fashion, but like I if you asked me to design a, a home, it would actually be scary. Well, I feel the same way about fashion. I literally wear like white t-shirts and jeans. So okay, that makes me feel better. Because if you were going to say you were good at both, I was like, yeah. what am I missing here? Like, I can't, I don't have like that vision. I feel like as a the spatial, 
it's so hard to and like to make things like cohesive or not cohesive, but still yeah. work. Like I wouldn't, I can't. It's too overwhelming to even think about. Like you know when you think about space, it's like scary. Yeah. And you can't like grasp. Like that's how I think about interior design. <laughs> I'm like my brain can't process it. It's too much. I know I've been helping my sister with her house and helping her kind of like reorient her house. She has two girls. I have two girls. Yeah. She has two girls, but her girls oh, you are do? way older. Yeah. That's also, I love watching and listening to the episodes that you do with your mom because they're so helpful as a girl mom. They're the best. How old are your girls? Well, I have a 14 week old and I have a almost three year old. She turns three at the end of August. Oh my God. The best ages. Yes. It's so oh, that's delicious. So I'm so happy. Like sister, I mean, you have a sister, like you said, so you know. Yeah. But like, it, there's nothing. Is there better. anything better? I, it's no. just the best thing in the entire world. It is. I know. Seeing her kiss her baby sister Could on the head is the I sweetest thing. I can't. It's the I best. Know. It's amazing. I have a whole thing of motherhood questions, so I want to finish interior design. So you're you're helping your sister re. I'm helping her figure out, like, reconfigure her house. And she's she's a lawyer. And she's like, I can't. This is not. Yeah. Like, my brain doesn't work this way. Like, I can't yeah. <laughs> envision where the chairs go and, like, how the room gets laid out. And I think it's just what ha- what's helpful for me is looking at the plan in CAD. Because if you if you don't think of it as, like, being physically in the space, but you look at it on a 2D plan, yeah, I find that more helpful. Oh, interesting. Because then you can, like, play with it like a like a puzzle piece. Are you more, like, neutral or you love, like, pops of color? And I'm more – I skew more on the colorful side. But we've done kind of a range of everything. To me, what's most important is I want the projects that we do for our clients to feel like our clients. So I prefer someone to walk into a space that we've done and be like, oh, my God, this is so right. you, meaning, like, the client – Versus being like, oh, did, did Ariel can do this? Because then it gives us the ability to really make people's homes feel like them. Yeah. And then you're not kind of like carbon copy doing design for every single client. I don't want any of the spaces that we do to look similar. What happens when you have a client like me? <laughs> like, do whatever you want. That's the best type of client. Oh, really? Okay. Because I like, I don't care. I'm like, do whatever you want. No. I mean... For a designer, I think that's the best type of client because it's so fun to be able to, like, do your own right. vision and you don't have – yeah. And the less iterations you go through, the less stressful it is for the client, too, because if you can deliver them this, like, completely finished product, right? like, they're not stressed out because they don't have to go through seven rounds of making decisions. Right. They'll just kind of accept what you're showing them. We have an amazing client in New Canaan who's, like, the sweetest girl on the planet, and she has two young boys, and she was like, this is what I like – Go. crazy oh my and that's just, literally me that's me we just did it and it was it's like the easiest project ever that's so cool it was so fun so can you walk us through like what an interior designer does like how does what does yes. a day look like for you so every day is different truly because there's so many different things that we do yeah especially like our business has a bunch of different arms like we have our residential interior design, and then we have some licensing collections. Like we have furniture and different wallpaper lines and things like that. Yeah. I mean, 
the the 80% of the job is logistics, truthfully, because you're dealing with vendors, you're dealing with coordinating installs. And we've got like 10 to 15 projects going at any given time all around the country. So that's like, I love the girls on my team so much and I couldn't do a thing without them. How many people are on your team? Five. I've got, we have three sort of like project managers. One's our operations director who's been with me since the beginning. That's awesome. We met at Home Polish and she came with me when I left to open up my own business. And she's, she's like my left brain. Yeah. And then we have a senior project manager and a junior project manager. And their role in terms of interior design is like so important. Like we couldn't do anything that we do without the project managers because they make everything run smoothly. Right. They make sure that the installs, you know, go off without a hitch. They manage our like wallpaper and stuff, everything. Right. And then we have one junior designer who kind of helps with everything from like, I put all the schemes together myself, but they do, she helps with like AutoCAD and technical and all that stuff. I was going to say, how involved are you with each project? So for the creative, it's all me. Okay. I source every, all the furniture, all the fabrics, everything. I put all the boards together myself. And then our junior designer helps with Like if we end up having tweaks or she needs to source a sub or something like that, she knows exactly what I want it to look like. And she'll source a couple different options for me and then I'll pick from that. That's nice that you have someone that just like understands what you would like. It's so helpful. And it took a while to like get the vernacular right. But once we did, it's like indispensable to have someone that can like read your mind. Right. So is the process different for residential versus commercial? Yes. I mean, it's interesting in the sense that the similarity is for residential, my goal is always to create a home that feels like the owner. For commercial, we want to create a space that really reflects the the brand and what the brand's ethos is. So when we did Goop, it was a lot of like brand discovery. And I mean, they have such a highly recognizable brand instead of in terms of like aesthetic. Right. You can look at something and be like, oh, that looks like them. So that made it almost a little bit easier. Right. But that's always the goal when we're doing an office or a commercial space is like, how do we make this feel as most like the brand's identity as possible while also making it functional for, you know, the 40, 50, 60, whatever people that work there. Right. Of course. And where do you shop? Like if you were going for your home, like for your furniture, wallpaper, drapes? I love Cherish. Cherish is like my favorite. Cherish and First Dibs. I love vintage. Right. I think you can get stuff that like nobody else has when you shop vintage, which makes things feel really unique and they have some patina and they kind of add like another layer to your space. Right. I like peruse Cherish like three times a week just to like see what they have. That's like that's how I am with shopping with like clothing. It's the same. It's like I care so much about. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get I do like a happy dance when I see like something really cool. And it could be like something so dumb, like a wicker bowl. But like I love that and I get really excited about it. But like I'm so boring with my clothes. Like I wear like leggings to pick up and drop off. (laughs) That's so funny. I'm just looking at your website right now and I'm dying over the color, the colors that you use. (laughs) No, it's really incredible. Thank you. The wallpapers you use are really cool, too. That has been the most fun thing. Wallpaper? 
Yeah, going into product lines and creating our own wallpaper has been the coolest and most fun thing. That's so cool that you do that. It's so fun. And like, I think wallpaper is the thing that can transform a room the most. Right. So being able to like create our own patterns and stuff is the most exciting. I do agree. I feel like wallpaper and carpet like really change a lot about a space. Yeah. Because it's the largest surface area of a room, right? Like think about like the floor is the largest surface area kind of on that bottom plane. And then the four walls are like the majority of the space. No, that's so true. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And if you're using even something neutral like a grass cloth, but you're adding texture. Right. You'll change a room in five seconds. It also, I feel like putting carpet and wallpaper like just makes it feel warmer and like homier. It reminds me of like my upbringing in like a house. Yeah. I think layers inherently make something feel cozy. So when you've got the layer on the wall and the carpeting and sometimes you layer another carpet on top of the wall-to-wall carpet and you've got like, I think the layering and the mix is what makes a space feel unique to you and also feel really homey and cozy. Right. What's one element that everyone overlooks that you think is really important when designing a home? I think that final layer of books and photos and artwork and like yeah just sort of the things that make your space feel like you and collected and and kind of like all pulled together I think that always gets kind of left out and people forget to do it yeah and like that's what makes it space feel finished 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 spinached (laughs) that's how you can spinach your space (laughs) like people often budget for the really big ticket items and then you kind of forget like you need to leave a little bit left for like styling I love getting like books and like photos and all that kind of stuff for my apartment and that stuff comes over time too like, yeah you don't have to do it right away no I think with Instagram people see these finished spaces and they're like oh I want to move in and everything needs to be finished ASAP and we do installs over the course of a week usually we send everything to a receiving warehouse and then we install over the course of a week and like the house is done But I always tell clients, like, that lived-in look comes from being lived in. So, like, you need to give yourself a little bit of breathing room when you move into your space to, like, really make it yours. Right. A thousand percent. I agree. What has been your favorite project? We have two projects that we're working on right now that have been amazing. The clients really let us go, like, wild. Yeah. So we're doing a, a family home for a young family in New Canaan and... Her kids are young, like my kids' age, and um, right. she's amazing. And then we're doing a house in Southampton, and her kids are, like, in college and grown up. And she has the coolest style and, like, is a vintage collector slash hoarder and, like, loves bidding on stuff at auction. So and she's, like, so funky and fun. Yeah. Those have been such cool projects because, like, we really get to, like, flex our creative muscle and, like, do what we, like, propose, basically. Right. And what drew you to want to start Fenimore Land? So Fenimore Lane is named after the street I grew up on. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah. And I, so I also am a a freelance writer. So I, I'm a contributing writer for Vogue and AD and Domino. Oh, that's um, so cool. A couple of places that I've been writing for, for a while, but I, during COVID, none of the editors were taking freelance pitches. 
in the beginning. Okay. Because they were like trying to do everything in house. And I really missed writing. Like, I'm just going to write all the stories that, like, I would pitch to an editor. So what does it cover? It's lifestyle. So it's it's more like home, travel, interiors, kitchen, like cooking. I love to cook, so I'll make recipes that I'll put on there. That's so cool. So it's more like living vertical, but not as fashion right. slanted. And we're relaunching it in the next couple of weeks, which is really exciting. So that'll have, like, a little, like, e-com shop, which is, like, basically curated with all the stuff that we like. That's so cool. Feels like you do a lot. You're like a superwoman. <laughs> no, you that. are like a superwoman. You do like 400 things a day and you have three kids. But like you said, I would not be able to do a single thing without the team that I have. Yeah. I, I really don't even know how it would be possible. It's impossible. I know. It takes a village. And also like childcare and like yeah. my husband and like all of those things. Like Grandparents. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Because you never know what's going to come up, too, you know? No. You always or have like, to have oh, some sort of backup. Yeah. yeah. You need someone to, like, because I do pick up and drop off our nanny doesn't drive. So, like, having my in-laws around the corner is, like, so helpful. I totally agree. I live, like, on the same block as my mother-in-law. That's like I don't us. Know what I would we, do. Three minute, I, we live three minutes away from them. And everyone's like, I don't understand. I'm like, it's, I have a weird relationship with my mother-in-law. I'm the same You're way. The same? I'm so okay. close with her. She's, like, my second mom. Same. Like, I don't know what I would do without her. I call, I talk to her the way I talk to my own mom. I'm the exact same way. And I'm, like, super close with my mom. Same. Between That's the two so of them, funny. I'm, like, calling both of them 100 times a day. Like, it's so – I'm, like, set for – like, I feel like I have everyone – like, every morning drive to camp, I have, like, I call my mom. And then on the way back, I call my mother-in-law. It's, like, That's a so two-hour call. I call my mom on the way back from camp, and we do, like, Rafi on the way to camp. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, I sometimes will just make my kids listen to my conversations with. I need to. Uh, my daughter has zero patience, and she just interrupts every single thing. She's like, yeah, "Mommy, same. mommy, same. mommy, same. mommy." It's like almost <laughs> impossible to have a conversation with them around. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so back to your business. You have capsule collections. You have more than one wallpaper. Yeah, we've got we have two different wallpaper lines: one with chasing paper, and one with. Mural source. And then we have a furniture line with Society Social. So cool. Yeah. That must have been the best feeling. Oh, my God. Seeing So that debuted literally March of 2020. We were supposed to do this, like, big event in the city. And it was supposed oh my to be, God. like, launching in person. And we rented out the drawing room. And it was going to be, like, an editor event where people would come and see the furniture in person. And then, and then the whole world shut down. Were you able to do something afterwards? We did. We staged the founder of Society Social's house with all of the furniture. And then we had a virtual editor event where she literally walked through the editors, like, through her house on Zoom. And we, like, talked through the collection. Oh, that's so nice. It was, but I was so anxious the whole time because I was like, what if it doesn't work? What if the (laughs) furniture doesn't get there? It was, it was. Story of your life. Yeah, literally the story of my life. So did you always, did you always want to be a mother? Like, did it, was it a big change, like, to have kids after, like, starting this business? Or did you start it after kids? I started it before I had my daughter. I always wanted to be a mom. I'm super, super close with my mom. So I always, like, envisioned having kids. And so my two older siblings are my half-siblings. So I didn't grow up 
in the same house as them because okay. they're 16 and 18 years older than me. Oh, wow. So I really, even though I have two siblings, I grew up kind of like an only child because they weren't really in the house. Right. And my mom is one of four. So I always wanted a house with a lot of kids and a lot of noise and a dog and, and just yeah. like, like that my chaos. mom says, like frail, like happy, happy yeah. house. And I had my daughter in 2019, August 2019, in the middle of like, building the business so like I was like I don't know probably 30 weeks pregnant shooting like trying to shoot everything I could before I had the baby and I was like walking around with like swollen feet and like oh my god the girls on my team were like you need to sit down I know (laughs) I ended up my OB was gonna kill me she was I ended up in the hospital with Braxton Hicks because I was like walking around on a shoot all day and it was the middle of the summer and I was Oh like, my god! Kind August. of dehydrated, and she was like, yeah. "You need to stay in your apartment for the next four weeks." <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, and then we had Sophie, and then we had we just had Annie in April. Oh, such cute names. Thank you. Has it has being a mother changed your aesthetic at all? It makes me think more about practicality, yeah, in terms of layout and also materials. So because we design for young families all the time, I'm always thinking about like, what's the intended use of the space? Right. What materials can be used to make sure that you're never going to have a room where you're like, I can't, I I never want to design a room where someone's like, I can't go in there. Right. And I don't want rooms to be off limits to kids. I don't want you to be afraid to drink red wine in your house. Like your home should be lived in. It should be love. Right. So that to me is like the biggest thing. Right. And then in terms of like, life I feel, someone said to me recently like going from zero to one is maybe I heard this on your podcast which what, going what from is, zero to one is an identity crisis and going from one to two is a logistics crisis <laughs> I don't know but that's it so might have accurate. been like the freedom mom pod someone definitely yeah someone right. must have because I that stuck with me so much because it's so true it's when so you, true when you have your first kid you're shell-shocked and you have no idea like right and then with the second kid you're like okay I know what I'm doing but like now I don't know how to balance two kids schedules and work yeah it's so true and and then with the third it's I honestly think the third is the easiest even though I might be the only one everyone has said that to me you're just like throwing another one into the mix and like now you know how to juggle yeah you just kind of like you're adding some more into the loop you know (laughs) someone literally just said that to me yesterday they were like if you end up having a third, like, don't be scared because it's really just, like, that kid just comes along for the ride. Like, it's yeah, not a big no, deal. No, she's literally, she's the best baby. She's just, like, happy to be here. She's happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any advice for those interested in interior design? Yeah, I would say the thing I wish that I did, because I had kind of, like, an untraditional path of getting into the industry, I would say intern at a firm that you really admire. Yeah. Whether it's a big firm or a small firm, like you can learn a lot from both. Being in a big firm, you learn a lot about the industry as a whole and like how to navigate the D&D, how to get trade samples, how to take a memo out, all of those things. Right. Being in a smaller firm, you get more of a hands-on experience. So if you are interning in a firm where she's maybe, you know, maybe they only have one or two people there, you get a lot of responsibility as an intern, which is exciting. But I think before you sort of try to go out on your own, those internship experiences are really, really, really valuable. Yeah. yeah. And do you have any upcoming projects that listeners should look out for? We're relaunching Fenimore Lean, um, which I'm really excited about. That is and very exciting. 
Um, we have a lighting line coming in oh, 2023, cool. which is really exciting. That's so exciting. Um, yeah. And we, I'm in very, very early stages of a book, which is really exciting too. That is awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. So that I'm really excited about. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. How can our audience keep up with you and follow everything you do? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This was so fun. I'm not kidding. I listened to every single episode when I was that makes me so. so I was so pregnant, and I was walking around my neighborhood like waddling, and I was listening to your mom (laughs) talk about like how to raise girls, and I was like, "This is fabulous." That's so nice. She's gonna be so happy. She's amazing. I tell her. I like love her. So people can find us on Instagram at Ariel Oaken. Our website is Ariel Oaken, so pretty easy to find us. And then Fun Morlean is same thing. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. And thank you to all the listeners out there. You could reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on next. Just DM us on Instagram at Something Navy. See you next week. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnas and at Something Navy. See you next week.